Good morning. Good morning. Let me just share with you a little bit about what's going on this week. Um, we're in the midst of the Harry Dickerson Lectures on Pulpit Holiness Evangelism. Uh, we've had two nights, Monday and Tuesday nights, with the students and faculty and others that have gathered in, and it's been really a, a wonderful time. Uh, this series was established by the children of Reverend Harry Dickerson, who was a Nazarene evangelist for 50 years. And uh, we don't do it every year, we do it every other year. We used to do it every year, but we do it every other year now. And uh, it's, a, it's a gift from that family to the college. Our speaker for this week is uh, Dr. David Graves. David is the General Superintendent in the Church of the Nazarene. He was elected to that office in 2009. And currently he is serving as the board, uh, chairman of the Board of General Superintendents, which means that he doesn't have international responsibilities, but they've loaded him down here in the country. He has two districts, uh, two regions that he oversees, uh, Naz Northwest Nazarene University, Mid-American Nazarene University. He is also the responsible general superintendent or jurisdictional general superintendent for Nazarene Theological Seminary and Nazarene Bible College. So we're privileged to have David here. He's uh, very, very busy. And for him to carve out this time from his busy schedule with us is a real privilege. Um, I've known David all of his life. And, and, uh, and he is, he is, despite my influence, he has done really well in life. Uh, David and Sharon have four children, four married children, ten grandchildren, and one on the way. So, uh, David, thank you for being here with us this morning, and uh, staff, faculty, thank you for gathering here. I've asked uh, Dr. Gary Haynes, don't you love Gary Haynes? I I've often told Gary, if somebody doesn't love you, it's their problem. Uh, it's, it, Gary is just such a wonderful asset to our college. Um, I was recently in, uh, with the ministers of North Arkansas District, and uh, three of those students talked to me about Gary's phone call to them and uh, what it meant to them. And, and so Gary is really reaching out every day to our students and making a great impact uh, on their lives. And I've asked him to lead us in worship. Before he does, I want to recognize Pastor Gene Great here this morning. Uh, uh, he was my pastor for my first eight years here, and now he's retired and, and um, traveling around the world and helping his children. So, Gene, thank you for being here this morning. Let's pray, and then Gary's going to lead us in worship. Father, thank you for this beautiful day that you've given us. Thank you for each and every person that is here and, and what they mean to you, to this college, and to our students. And we pray that as this service, as we uh, enter into this time of worship, and that your spirit would really speak to us. Speak through David. Speak, speak through Gary. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 
Well, if it's all right, I'm going to just come down here with you. Is that all right? Happy birthday again, Shirley. It is my wife's birthday yesterday as well. Her name is Sharon, and uh, she uh, had a birthday. And she took the best notice of what she could do with me not being there. She had a good day with her daughter and her grandson and her granddaughter. And so I don't think she missed me a whole bunch. Hey, I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but football season is over. But if you would look at the, the news headlines from yesterday, you wouldn't know that because there was all kinds of activity about this player being traded and this player being traded and all the changes that have been going on. But I think back upon this past football season, did you know that the Ohio State University Buckeyes won the National Football Championship? Now that is good for me because I've lived in Ohio for 12 years and I'm a Buckeye fan. But did you know they did it with their third string starting quarterback who had only started three games? And did you know that the, uh, who won the Super Bowl? Anybody know that? New England Patriots. You know how they won the game? I know you don't care, but how they won the game was a rookie free agent who had started one game the whole season made the interception at the end of the game right at the goal line to win the game for the New England Patriots. You might say, well, what does that have to do with anything today? Well, I want you to understand something, that the teams that win national championships or Super Bowls are teams. They're not just one person, not just one superstar that wins or loses a game. The teams that win those kind of championships are the teams that have the best offense, defense, special teams, everybody doing their job. And they put it all together and as a team they win championships or Super Bowls. The Apostle Paul understood something about the kingdom of God being more than just about superstars. He understood that it was about teamwork, about working together, about being partners in ministry. And he wrote to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 uh, these words. Now follow along if you will. What after all is Apollos and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his or her Task. Do you see that? I planted the seed, Paul says. Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither he, neither he who plants, nor he or she who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. Is verse 9 up there? Let's see. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. What is Paul talking about here? He's talking about a, a diversity of ministry. He said, I planted... I planted the seed. Apollos was the one who watered it, but God was the one who made it grow. Paul, Apollos, Peter, they weren't competing with each other. Rather, each one was doing their part, their role, 
to fulfill the task under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. If I were to come to you here today and say, who is the most important person at Nazarene Bible College? What would your answer be? Well, it depends on what you are. Some would say it's a registrar. Stephanie would say, no, it's, I'm the one that supports her. I'm <laughs> who is the most important part? How do we get things done? Well, we know without the IT department, whew, how much of the, anything would be accomplished. Just think if we lost electricity or lost our internet connection, what could be happening? You might say, well, if it wasn't for the advisors, we wouldn't have students. Well, it wouldn't matter if we had the IT department. You see, we can't really just say one item is more important than the others. We all are important to what God is trying to do and accomplish here through Nazarene Bible College. Everyone has a role to prepare. Everyone has different gifts, diversity of ministries. But as time passes and as we do our job, Paul says, I will plant it, Apollos will water it, and the fruit will appear. And then guess what? There are others who get to reap the harvest of the work that they have done. You see, God's work requires many different individuals with the variety of gifts and the variety of abilities. There are very few superstars in God's kingdom. We are all part of what God is trying to do as team members using the gifts that God has given us and we are hopefully developing those gifts so that we might accomplish what God wants. Everyone has a role. Everyone has gifts. And everyone has a ministry. I realized that when I was pastoring a church that I would get up on Sunday morning and preach and people might say, well, you know, he's the focal point. But I realized that without the person running the microphone, they couldn't even hear me. I realized without somebody getting the building ready, opening the doors, having everything prepared, it wouldn't have been happening. And everybody had a role. In fact, I, I had a custodian in one of my churches. He, I, I called him my wedding assistant because he is usually him and I for all the weddings and so I gave him some jobs to do in the weddings not only did he just come open the doors make sure everything was in his place but he was my assistant he would be the ones who would line them up he'd be the ones that would open the door for the bride to come in he'd be the one who would close the doors when the bride came in we were a team where we couldn't have done it without each other see each one of you here today have more than just a job More than just making some money, and you wish it was more, we all do, don't we? You are part of a team that is doing something to accomplish a ministry to help build God's kingdom. You might say, well, my job is not that important. I've only been here a few weeks or months. What can I do? Because if you see, we put it all together. If you aren't doing your job, fulfilling your role, then something is going to be missing, isn't it? And this team will not be able to function as well. I think about football and I think of some games that are won by an extra point or won by a field goal. You know the probably the most unseen hero in that whole thing is the guy who snaps the ball. The guy that's on his knee holding the ball, placing it. The kicker sometimes gets the blame or the glory, but it's a whole team that's blocking, protecting, all working together. 
Everyone has a role. Everyone has a ministry. But he also said there's also a unity of purpose. Why are we doing what we do? He says in verse 8, he says, The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose. And we see that Paul, Apollos, and Peter, they're not competing against each other. Each, rather, each one was doing his assigned task under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And even though there is a diversity of ministry and we all have different roles, different jobs, different gifts, there should be this unity of purpose. What are we working together for? You have any idea? If I were to say to you, what are you doing here? What's the purpose for why you're being a registrar? If I were to say to you, what, what is your purpose to work in IT? If I were to say to you, what is your purpose? Hopefully what this whole group is doing is coming together to educate and prepare men and women for lifetime of ministry. Amen? And that's what you're about. That's what you're doing. And each one of you have a role in accomplishing that so that people can be trained and equipped and then sent out to work and to fulfill the ministry that God has called them to. I've seen that happen down through my ministry as a general superintendent. I've seen how it all comes together. I was reminded of this truth when my first two years as a general I had jurisdiction in Africa. I had the privilege of being in 21 different countries on the continent of Africa. We were going to Ethiopia and, and it was one of the roughest places. South Sudan prob probably was the hardest and then West Africa. Was, Ethiopia was one of those. And we were there and we were doing a district assembly in this remote village about eight hours outside of Addis Ababa. And as we were there, we were doing this and the service was held, you can't really see, but it was in a mud manure building. That's how they built it. On that particular day, I think they had more manure than mud. There was a pretty strong smell of manure there. But they built this wonderful building. You can see the windows, which they didn't have any wind glass in it, just openings so air could get through. And you'll notice people were standing, looking in at every window and every opening. That place was packed with people for this assembly. The, the rule of thumb in Ethiopia is if this is a seat for three, in Ethiopia there's always room for one more. So they might get four on this seat for three. If there's one more, they'll get five on there. If there's one, they get six. So instead of you sitting like this, what they do is they just kind of turn like this. And if there's more, they need more. And before you know it, they're all sitting like this, kind of real close together. As you can see, there's always room for one more. We had a wonderful day and a wonderful assembly. Afterwards, we had lunch in the district superintendent's home. And as we were there, uh, you can see my wife in there. Can you spot her? <laughs> she loved the kids and they loved her and gathered around her. See the man looking, you see her, don't you? Okay. So after that, we went to this home of the, of the DS. He's the one holding the little box. That box is called a proclaimer. It is solar-powered, crank-powered uh, box with a whole Bible on it in a, in a drive. 
the, the speakers are loud enough that 300 people can hear the word through this little box. And they use that for their discipling and evangelism and training because many of them are illiterate. They're not, they're very intelligent. They just can't read. And so they can learn the word of God. They, in Africa, they say if you hear it once, you hear it twice, third time, you can repeat it and you know it. And they can quote passages of scripture by just hearing it. And, and I was thrilled when I saw this because I reflect back to when I was director of Sunday school ministry for the denomination. We were introduced to a, a company called Faith Comes By Hearing, which is based in Albuquerque, New Mexico. When we went there, they told us about this invention that this man had made of this proclaimer where they could put all kinds of different languages on this one device and they could broadcast it to, for use in the churches. The man, I got to meet him, he was an engineer, a Nazarene layman in one of our churches who invented the proclaimer. And so I went back and we set up this system with Nazarene Missions International and Sunday School Ministries and we partnered together to raise funds to buy thousands of these so that we could send them around the world to be used for discipleship. Now let's follow this. Here I am in Ethiopia in a remote village and I saw what a Nazarene layman had invented that he gave to a company called Faith Comes By Hearing that translates the scripture into all kinds of different languages who I was introduced to by Faith Comes By Hearing that we came back in Sunday School Ministries and Nazarene Missions International partnered together through churches all over the United States gave offerings and gave monies to buy thousands of these and guess what? We find one in a remote village in Ethiopia that they're using to spread the gospel. Talking about a teamwork. Talking about, but there's one purpose. And that is to make Christ-like disciples in the nation so that everybody can hear. And if we were to track different people here, different uh, people that I run across, I have the privilege of ordaining ministers in the Church of the Nazarene. And guess what? There's a large percentage of those people that I'm ordaining that are graduates of Nazarene Bible College. That you've counseled with Steve. That you have been a part of Chuck. That as you have been their advisor down through the years, now they're out there in ministry, now they're being ordained in the Christian ministry, and you can say, I could think, well, look what I'm done, I'm ordaining them. I realize I have just a, talk, just a tiny, itty bitty part of that. You have been the one who have been on the front end of them being a trained and equipped and coming to the place where they're ordained in ministry. And they're out there serving. Why? Because we have one purpose. And that purpose is to use the gifts, the talents, the abilities God's given us so that people can be trained and equipped and then sent out there to ministry. One purpose that you're accomplishing. You might say, well, I'm doing the finances. What kind of job? Well, this place doesn't run unless the finances are kept. Sometimes we think it's just the professors that are doing it and they have a key part in the whole thing. But each and every one of you have a part in what God is doing for the harvest field that is going on around us. 
Paul tells us in this passage, there's a humility of spirit. We have the privilege of being partners with the Lord of the harvest. It's not just what we're doing, but it's what we're doing together with God. Because look at verse six here. He says, if I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but look at this. Who made it grow? God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters it but is anything but only God who makes things grow. But you know this, God has given you and I the wonderful, awesome privilege of being fellow workers together with him. Let me give, see if this next one, no it's not up there. Verse 9 says this, for we are God's fellow workers. You are fellow workers with God. You are God's field. You are God's building. Think about that for a moment. That God is using you to be part of his field, to be part of his building. It is Christ in you that's making a difference in the world around you. It's God who wants to give the increase. It's God who saves souls. It's God who helps churches grow and develop. But you and I have the wonderful privilege of being a part of that right here through Nazarene Bible College. The truth is, whether you realize or not, every one of us are called to be fellow workers with God. I, I believe that, I know that, but it was once again, just a couple of weeks ago, was reiterated in my own heart. A pastor friend of mine was at, in Kansas City for the, what we call the M15 conference. Just happened a few weeks ago. And as I was there, he had never seen the Global Ministry Center. So we, we, my wife and I took him and the district superintendent's wife over to see the Global Ministry Center. That's where my office is, where uh, the headquarters for the church Nazarene is. So we were going around there. But before we did that, we went to the place called Freddy's. Have you ever been to a Freddy's? Do you have Freddy's here? based originated out of Wichita Kansas started by you know who Freddie yeah Freddie he's all, all of his pictures notice all the pictures in there have you ever been to Freddie's okay Freddie's all over the place well we went to Freddie's because they didn't have them in California so we went to Freddie's and th there were two people working that were eating there that work at the Global Ministry Center one's Judy Vigel and another one is uh, Roland Weber who takes care of the facilities there and they were having lunch and so I went over to say hi to them and, and stuff and so I went back to the table and the pastor was sitting there his name Jim Yelvington and as I was talking to Jim he said I said well those are two people work at Global Ministry Center one Rollin and, and the other one is Judy Vigel. He said, Judy Vigel, didn't she used to work for the general secretary? And I said, yeah, she sure did. She worked with Dr. Stone for years. She, then he shared this story with me. He said, I wasn't raised in the Nazarene church. I was from another denomination, had been called to be the minister of music at a church in Little Rock, Arkansas. I got there and a month after I got there my pastor resigned and was moving to another country really and he says here I was what do I do and the pastor told me that 
he had to resign. The general superintendents told him he had to go to this other church. And so he, Dr. Stone, the general secretary, was there speaking at their district assembly. Jim went up to him, introduced himself, and said, hey, you know, explain this. I'm new Nazarene. What is this about you making pastors? He said, well, we really don't do that. General superintendents don't have the authority to do that. And... Uh, so he said, but we'll be praying for you that God, because he didn't know what he was going to do, whether he had a job or he was going to have to move. He didn't know what to do. So Dr. Stone goes back to Kansas City, okay, and just casually mentions that to Judy Weigel. Judy Weigel knew a pastor in Illinois that was looking for a minister of music. She called the, the guy on the phone and said, hey, I know of a minister of music. You might want to contact him. So he contacted Jim Yelvington, and Jim Yelvington went to be the minister of music in Kankakee, Illinois. Years passed now. Now Jim's a pastor. And he says, you know, it's because of her one phone call that I am where I am today, pastoring a Nazarene church. He said in the last three years, over 250 people have come to know the Lord through the ministry of our church. And he says, I need to go tell Judy that it's because of a phone call she made that those people are in the kingdom today. Amen. So he went over and told Judy that. And of course, tears just came flooding down her face because one phone call she made 10 years ago had made the difference in the lives of hundreds of people that have come to know the Lord. Being a partner in ministry. And it might be one phone call that you take, one encouraging message that you give to a student here. It might be a smile and a pat on the back and saying, you can do it, hang in there. It might be you assisting them with an IT problem or helping them with a financial aid problem. But you see, when we work together, something as small as a phone call can make all the difference in the world. And it did in the life of Jim Yelvington. And it has now in the life of a whole congregation of people that are coming to know the Lord through his ministry. So you see, what you do here, it's not just a job. It's a ministry. And you're not just doing it for yourself, you're doing it for Him. And it's not just you doing it, but it's a team coming together. And you might say, well, I'm just a small part. You're part of the team. And the team working together can make the difference in lives of men and women who will go into ministry, who will save, lead people to Lord. And that's part of you and part of your reward for what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for being a partner in ministry. Thank you for what you're doing for the Church of the Nazarene and other denominations because you're training, equipping, sending men and women who are giving their lives in ministry. And there will be hundreds and thousands and thousands of people whose lives will be changed because of what you do right here. Whether it's on a phone call, whether it's through the internet, whether it's through a one-on-one face-to-face, whether it's teaching a class, whatever it is, you 
are making an eternal difference because you're a partner in ministry. Can I pray for you? Father, there's... uh, I just want to say thank you for Nazarene Bible College. We think upon the, the history of Nazarene Bible College, the past leaders, faculty, staff who have given their lives to to prepare men and women for ministry. And Lord, as I travel now around the country and I'm ordaining and I see district superintendents who are graduates of Nazarene Bible College and pastors of significant churches that are the graduates of Nazarene Bible College, all I can say, Lord, thank you for the harvest that is coming forth from the history of Nazarene Bible College. And Lord, not only in the past, but Lord, I thank you for today. And I know as my assemblies will begin in April that there will be, there will be dozens, maybe hundreds of people that I will be ordaining that are graduates of Nazarene Bible College. Lord, they could not have accomplished that without the support of this team that's right here in this room. And Lord, I pray that you would help them today to realize the importance that they have in your kingdom the parts that they are playing that they might say well I'm planting I'm watering I'm fertilizing I'm caring for it but Lord we're all working together with you so that the God of the harvest will bring forth a great spiritual harvest of men and women boys and girls and teenagers because of the ministry that happens right here on this campus Lord we thank you for my brother we thank you for the president of, and the leader of this college. Lord, would you bless him? Would you bless the, the cabinet? Would you bless all the faculty? Would you bless all the staff here today? Lord, would you encourage their hearts? Would you open up their eyes? May you help them to always see and remember that they are partnering together for the accomplishment of an eternal purpose. And so, Lord, we thank you for them. Lord, we know that they individually probably have needs and concerns and burdens because they live in the real world. And, Lord, I pray that you might just encourage them today. Meet the needs that they may have. Provide for them. Touch them spiritually, emotionally, physically. Work in their families, dear Father. Lord, as they are serving you, would you take care of all the other things that surround them? You tell us in your words, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things. You'll take care of them for us. So Lord, we pray for their whole lives, every part of them. We pray for the concerns that they might have, the burdens that they may carry. And Lord, I pray that you would, even in the midst of sometimes frustration and work, Lord, would you help them to have a great sense of purpose, of fulfillment, and being part of the Nazarene Bible College team that is equipping men and women for lifetime service. Lord, we thank you for what has happened. We thank you for what is happening. And Lord, we give you praise for what you're going to do as each one serves you with the diversity of gifts united in their purpose and committed to allowing you as the God of the harvest to bring forth a harvest from their labors 
asking, Lord, for all that you're going to do, we give you honor, we give you glory, and we give you praise. For we ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Thank you for what you're doing. God bless you. I want to thank David today. Dr. Grace, Dr. Grace here. Dr. Church and the enrollment management team had a great accomplishment uh, this, this semester. And we want to celebrate that. Uh, 90 Salvation Army officers in, in the spring semester. 90. That's, that's more than double our high number of 43. Do you understand the significance of that? And uh, we, uh, where's the enrollment management team? Would you stand so we can thank you? Enrollment management team. Oh, okay. So they're not even here for us to congratulate them. Can I, can I suggest that you just find Dr. Church's uh, email that he sent out last week. It was a blast to all of us. Send a reply and thank him. Would that be too much to ask? That, that, that's just a huge accomplishment, and we're thankful for that. Now, someone else I want you, because he's not in here, and, and, and he won't know that I told you to do this, is Dan Powers. Dr. Powers has written the Sunday School quarterly uh, for, for, for the Church of the Nazarene on First uh, and Second Peter and Jude. Or it was part of his commentary, but it's out this spring. That's a huge thing, folks, uh, and and that's a that's a that's a that's a big thing for NBC to have one of our faculty members write the quarterly uh, for Sunday school ministries. If you think of it when you go back today, just say you heard about him and, and that it's out, and thank him for for doing that for NBC. Would that be okay to do that? And, uh, you know, we're so thankful for what God is doing and uh, believing that uh, the days ahead are, are bright, and we're thankful for that. Okay, I think that's about all. Thanks, Gary. We've enjoyed this morning together, haven't we? Amen. All right, let's stand and let's go back to our workplaces. <laughs> God bless you.